Hey, welcome to another episode of the Common Men's Take on Sports. So, I want to break some news here since ESPN wants to be tight-lipped about it and not say a word, even though as soon as the whole allegations of sign-stealing, or not sign-stealing, everybody keeps saying sign-stealing, but it's advanced scouting. The allegations of advanced scouting against Michigan, they made sure that they dirtied up Michigan's uh, reputation and, and made sure that they reported on it every day just to keep it in people's minds and label Michigan as cheaters. So I'm going to break this story since Mr. Pete Thamel and all those guys at ESPN are all tight-lipped and don't want to say a word about it. I I wonder if it has to do with their ties to Ohio State or not. I don't, I don't know. That's just conjecture on my part. But, Quentin, did you know that Catapult Sports – a company that several sports teams, including many in the Big Ten, use to uh, keep recordings of their practices so they can go back and let their players watch the practices and kind of go over and see where they could get better and everything. Um, so what's interesting is they're now under investigation by the NCAA and the authorities for a data breach for a team accessing other teams' practice recordings um, so they can see the plays that those teams are running in practice in preparation for them, which is absolutely 100% against NCAA and actually NFL rules if you want to go that far. And so do you know what's interesting about this? What? Two people from the Ohio State, two Ohio State staffers work at Catapult, well, two former Ohio State staffers work at Catapult Sports. And since ESPN and all the other news outlets are being tight-lipped about this, Ohio State is the team who's being investigated for accessing other teams' practice video. Did you know that? No. Of course you didn't know that because nobody's talking about it, are they? That's right. Ohio State right now is under investigation. Nobody wants to say it. The closest we got was a story by Dan Wetzel from uh, uh, Yahoo Sports that said uh, one other team is being, unnamed team is being investigated for accessing other teams' practice videos on the Catapult Sports uh, cloud. So it's interesting to me that before they even had any evidence against Michigan, they were quick to dirty up their name and put their name out there. But they don't want to put this unnamed team's name out there. Well, I can tell you who the unnamed team is because I know who it is. It is the Ohio State who is being investigated right now for cheating. Can you explain to me why nobody's talking about this right now? Probably. How come it's not big news right now? Probably not. I mean, when all this was going on with Michigan, it was big news. Everybody had to say in it. Everybody had to report on it. But nobody's reporting on this. And you would only know about it if you started doing some research and digging into it. What do you think about that? I mean, that's... It's just showing that ESPN just doesn't like Michigan. I... Can I disagree with you on that one? 
I mean, this is this is like the same thing. Uh, I, I want that. Go ahead. It's like the same thing that um, they thought Michigan did when they never had any evidence. Uh, about uh, it. not the same thing. Michigan's never been accused of going to anybody's practices. They've been accused of advanced scouting their games. Never ever going to anybody's practices. This is a step further. You're actually going to practices to see what teams are practicing to use against you. The advanced scouting, you got a 50-50 chance of if they actually use that sign in a game, you know what it is, you know what the, what, what kind of play is coming, right? No, this is actually watching teams practice videos, seeing the actual plays along with the signs. Like you're you're actually watching what they're doing to prepare for you. This is above that. And beyond that, what they accused Michigan of. Beyond that. I mean, well, then you got, well, then this should, this should be a big story in ESPN then. I agree. I, is, I, that makes me wonder why Mr. Pete Thamel is so tight-lipped about this, why he hasn't reported on it. I mean, I, he wants to be the first to report on it. But all of a sudden, nothing. You think it has to do with his ties to Mr. Crying Day in Ohio State? I don't know. Because you know he has ties to Ryan Day in Ohio State. Interesting to me, though, that Pete Thamel doesn't want to report on this. Even though he's reported on the whole Michigan thing from the first day. He's still reporting on it today. He had some report today about it. And he's like, really? There's nothing left to report on in that story. Like, it's done. It's over with. NCA has ended their investigation for the whole advanced scouting. Yeah, I mean, that was like, I don't know, months ago. And he's still reporting on it? So, anyway, I just thought I would break that news because you, like, you know, millions of, of, millions of other people out there who depend on ESPN and Fox Sports and CBS Sports to bring these truths to you aren't saying a word about it, are they? Hmm, interesting. Now, there is a report that the company said they did do an internal audit uh, investigation and they see no signs of a data breach, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. And so, uh, to further this story, Mich so it's it's the iPads that Catapult, Catapult Sports gives them to record their stuff on and then upload it to the cloud. So Michigan got wind of this back in early November, and they stopped using it at the beginning of November. They weren't out. The reason why this even came up was Alabama was told during their preparation for the Rose Bowl to stop using those iPads because of that data breach, and so they did. Michigan said they knew about this back in early November and stopped using it then. So let me ask you a question, just in case there's some people out there that go, well. Just because there's two former Ohio State staffers that work there doesn't mean Ohio State's involved. Who does Michigan play in November, at the end of November? Ohio State. So, interestingly enough, they were told at the beginning of November, and they stopped using that in November in preparation for that game. What do you think about that? I mean, I mean, the, the pieces of the puzzle are kind of coming together with that, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Even though they won't name the team, I can name the team, and I can tell you right now, it is Ohio State who is involved in that investigation for illegally accessing other teams' practice videos that were uploaded to the crowd, to the cloud, including other Big Ten teams. 
You know what? I mean, I'm probably guessing they were probably looking at Penn State and Michigan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Probably, pro- those are probably the only two that they were looking at. I'm sure they were looking at more than that. My guess is, so Georgia uses the same uh, company, Catapult. And did you notice how in the Michigan game last year, Ohio State got owned, but then when they played Georgia, they almost won that game? Hmm. It makes you think about how they made such a big turnaround between the two games, doesn't it? Because if they saw all of Georgia's practice videos, they knew what Georgia was going to run against them. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, so that... That would explain that big turnaround and difference between those two games, wouldn't it? Yeah, so that tells me that they might have been looking at Georgia's practice, mm-hmm. and then when it came to the game, they would have been ready. They almost went to the national title. Yep, they lost on a missed field goal. Crazy, man. And, and what was the most crazy about that was the fact that Michigan demolished them in that bit in that game at the end of the year, and then all of a sudden they just became this great high-flying elite team that can hang with Georgia? I don't think so. I think the writing's on the wall of what happened here. Okay, now, the NCAA should know that this is Ohio State right now. Um, I mean, that that's a great thing to put up uh, because, you know, I'm... I've always wondered how Ohio State uh, hung on with Georgia. I agree. I mean, now, I guess, I guess I, I know now. They've been watching their practices. Especially after that stinker that they put up against Missouri yesterday. Oh, and that 14-3. <laughs> I know. Everybody's going to say, well, they lost Kyle McCord. Well, according to all you Ohio State fans, Kyle McCord sucks. So, you next keep you in line would be the answer, right? Yeah. I don't think... I think yesterday proved that Kyle McCord was not the problem. The problem is, was, and always will be your coach, Ryan Day. He is overrated. I thought he was overrated from the beginning when he took over for Urban Meyer. I thought that the first couple years he was winning with Urban Meyer's recruits. Now he's bringing in his own recruits, running his own system. Ohio State's not as good as they once were. But that's just one man's opinion. A common man's opinion. (laughs) There may be no validity to anything I'm saying right now. That's just kind of what I've seen. Um, There has been a big difference. But I'll be the first to admit, as a Michigan fan, um, I hated Urban Meyer, but only because uh, when he was there, Ohio State was a juggernaut, and I knew it. And I knew that any coach who came in while Urban was there it would be hard-pressed to be able to, to beat him because he is one of the – he's had his controversy at times. Um, there, there's, that's, you know, always there. But at the same time, he is um, a really good coach. He is and was a really good coach. And I knew that – um, even Jim would struggle to beat him. Do I think that if Urban was still there, they would be winning these three in a row? I don't know. Um, Urban Meyer is an elite coach, was an elite coach when he was at Ohio State, and, and he had built a juggernaut there. Um, they were already elite when he got there 
they became a juggernaut. They became like the Alabamas and, and Georgias and Clemsons at that time. Yeah, yeah, they were already elite, but they couldn't win a national title. That's what they couldn't do. They couldn't. Um, well, they won in fourteen, the very first playoff. Yeah, yeah, that's when Urban Meyer was there. Yep. Before, he, yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm talking about before he went. Oh, before he came there. Well, they won in two thousand and two with Jim Tressel. Did they? Yep. Mm. Or two thousand and three. Sorry, not two thousand two. I think. I don't know, it was 2002 or 2003, I had to go back and look. Well, I was the early 2000s, so. Yeah. It's 11 years apart. Well, they they went to another one where they lost to LSU. Or not LSU, was it? Yes, it was LSU. They lost to LSU. Um, so they went to a couple, and they lost. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there, that they're being investigated in conjunction with Catapult Sports and that data breach of practice film from other teams and it's more than just the Big Ten um, it, it's, uh, it affects several teams probably the SEC that's my guess probably the SEC because they've probably been looking into Alabama's LSU's Georgia's um, probably Missouri's since yeah. they got beat by Missouri <laughs> I don't know if they looked at Missouri's but maybe um, so probably though but even if they did it didn't help them any did it no, because, I mean, they didn't have that good of QBs in that depth because they lost Devin Brown to an injury, and then you got, like, a freshman out there who has – I don't think he ever played a game. Yeah. I, I know you wanted to talk to uh, – just to, to move on here, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about transfer portal news. I will say that uh, transfer portal got hot right away. A lot of players committed. I believe it's still open until January the 2nd. Um, so it'll continue to be a big deal for coaches. I will say that uh, Mr. Deion Sanders at Colorado has dipped into that transfer portal and he's plugged quite a few holes. I know his recruiting class was not stellar. It was ranked really low. However, he has fixed some of that in the transfer portal. He got one of the best offensive linemen to actually flip and commit there, but he also got some good players out of the transfer portal too. So he's he's yeah, he, working on making Colorado a, a uh, competitive team in the Big Twelve next year when they go there. Yeah, um, I think the Big Twelve will kind of be a little a little easy for Colorado since Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Mm-hmm. So that might be uh, easy for them. But if Colorado went to the Big Twelve this season in not next season, then uh, it probably it, Deion Sanders would probably had a probably would have had a worse season. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, I've checked some transfers uh that Colorado got, and I mean it was some pretty good transfers. I mean, uh, on the recruiting yeah. they got a five star offensive lineman. Yep. In recruiting, so that's 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 a big upgrade for Colorado. Uh, got a good wide receiver from Vanderbilt. Just four stars in the transfer portal. Um, but yeah, Deion Sanders in Colorado. Uh, kind of, kind of getting some good transfers in, and some uh, and some good recruits in. Uh, from from that transfer portal, and the recruiting. So, yeah, I, um, Colorado might. In the future, Colorado might 
be a pretty good team and start to have like good seasons, like eight win seasons, nine win seasons, mm-hmm. maybe ten, maybe eleven. But yeah, this is this is looking like in the future. So uh, right now, uh, for 2024, Colorado's ranked number two for uh, transfer portal. So mm. they've gotten several uh, transfers in. Here you go. They had DJ Lundy, a linebacker from Florida State. Uh, Philip Houston. They got a four-star Samuel Cola from Pitt. Um, uh, he, he, he loaded up. They got Aquin Barnes from Alabama. He's got some players from TCU, LSU. Like he dipped into defensive linemen from LSU, which their defense was horrendous this past year. Um, so they are definitely uh, they took some guys from everywhere. He definitely dipped into the transfer portal, and I think Colorado is going to look a lot different next year. Yeah, he got some offensive line. He got like four offensive linemen from the uh, tra- from the portal. Yep. And that's what he needed. So, you know, he's he's out there doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Getting it done. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, he knows that he's got to uh, fix something, and he's working on fixing it. So all the power to him, uh, let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's turning the Colorado around, you know. Um we didn't expect him to have pretty some uh, pretty good season with Colorado at the start, but um, I think right now it's looking like uh, there's uh, gonna be gr- some great seasons in the future ahead. Yep, I see Damani Jackson from USC committed to Alabama out of the transfer portal. I know a lot of Michigan fans thought he'd come play with his friend Will Johnson, but I didn't think so. When he was at Alabama's Rose Bowl practice, I knew he was going to commit to Alabama. He was going to transfer to Alabama. Uh, that's that was a give me there. Any anytime you do that like that, that means you're extremely interested in that team. So, yep. So yeah, definitely some big transfer portal news that'll keep going until January the second when the transfer portal closes. It'll open back up, I believe, in March. I'll have to check that date to be sure. But I know it opens a couple of times uh, before the season begins. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I just want to talk about a little uh, NBA here before we leave. So I was looking at some metrics earlier. Kind of trying to get a feel for. I mean, I've watched several games now. I've watched the uh, Mavericks play; they look good. Kyrie, Luca, all those guys are, are gelling right now, looking good. Celtics look good right now. I just wonder how they're going to look in the playoffs when everybody's actually playing defense. Excuse me, because everybody always plays defense harder in the playoffs than they do in a regular season. So I'm interested in if they're going to be able to play the way they are now because their their defense is okay, but you can see some of the holes where they're missing those guys that were their defensive stalwarts that they let leave. Yeah, like Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Yeah. Um, all, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. He is a pretty good defensive player there. I mean, yeah. that's some. That, 
that's some uh, key guys that you're going to need mm-hmm. for this season. I mean, yeah, I watched the Timberwolves play some. I watched the Lakers play. I watched the Magic play. Um, you know, I watched some of the Clippers. Um, I watched a, a couple of the 76ers and Bucks games, some Pacers games. All those teams look good. I know the Pacers are on a slide right now, along with the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Lakers are in trouble right now. I I really think they need to see what they can get out of D'Angelo Russell, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, that doesn't make me right or wrong, but I just don't think – I didn't think that he fit that team last year, and I don't think that he fits the team this year. I mean, I mean – um, I think the Lakers should just trade D'Angelo Russell, get a better point guard, uh, get a guy who will actually play better defense than D'Angelo Russell. I agree. I mean, I think they should have gone after I, I don't Damian think, Lillard. Let, let me let me take step this back to. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is a bad player. I think he's a bad fit with the Lakers. I don't think he fits what the Lakers want to do. Um, I don't think he fits with. LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, I, I think there's a better fit out there for him. It's just not L.A. Um, I just want to go over some things here. So there's only one, two, three teams that are in the top in offense and defense in the NBA. It's the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Clippers. Which is interesting because when you're in the top 10 in both offense and defense, it usually means you got a pretty good team, right? So I find that interesting. Now, LA is uh, in the top 15 for offense, but not defense. And so the Magic are in the top for defense, but they're top. I think they're 22 on offense. So even though they don't score a lot, they play really good defense. The Thunder are really good on offense, but not good on defense. The Pacers are really good on offense, but not very good on defense. Um, Bucks, same thing, really good on offense, but not very good on defense. So that's something to watch going forward. I always look at that no matter what sport I'm, I'm watching. Always look for teams who are in the top 10 in offense and defense because those are usually teams that are championship caliber teams because that means they play both ends of the floor and it usually means that, you know, if they're, say, on their offensive end, they're kind of going through a dry spell, they can get some stops to kind of help them, you know, overcome that and maybe turn some defense into offense to, to end that dry spell, right? So... Those are the three teams right now in both. Obviously, we've only played 30-something games, so that can change. Uh, but that's pretty interesting to me right now is those three teams, the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Clippers, are top ten in both. So um, Clippers aren't doing so hot right now either. <laughs> There's several teams that are struggling mm-hmm. uh, currently. Yeah, like the Warriors, the Suns are tr- struggling because they uh, haven't had. I, don't, I said a while ago the Warriors run is over. It's been over. Um, they unfortunately were dumb enough to stay loyal to Draymond Green and it has backfired on them. 
where they got rid of Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, like they got rid of all their young players, and they kept Draymond Green and it's backfired on them um, tenfold. So the Warriors, I, my my opinion, the Warriors run is over. Their championship window has closed, I think. Just because they let all their youth go. Um, as we look at the standings, the Celtics are still atop the East, 25 and 6. Bucks are still second, 24 and 8. Uh, 76ers, 22 and 9. The Heat are 19 and 12. The Magic are fifth. They're falling slowly, but they're still maintaining 19 and 12. Cavs 18 and 14, Knicks 17 and 14, Pacers 16 and 14, um, and then the Nets at 15 and 17, and the Bulls at 14 and 19 round out the top 10. Now the Hawks are right in there at 12 and 19, but they're a few games behind the Bulls. Western Conference, you still got the Timberwolves, who went on a slight little losing spree there. They're now 23 and 7, so they sit behind. The Celtics overall with the best record in the NBA, but they're, I'm telling you right now, I've watched some of the Timberwolves games. Those guys mesh well together. Daniels, Edwards, Towns, Gobert, like they all fit. They all seem to work together. So I, I think they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. You got the Thunder at number two, 21 and 9. Nuggets, 23 and 11. I know they've had some injuries they've worked through this year. So that and explains a little bit of you know why they're in third place. As long as they're healthy for the playoffs, they'll be a force. They'll be in a tough out again. Clippers are 19 and 12 in fourth place, so they've kind of gone on a run and moved up the list. Kings are fifth at 18 and 12. Mavericks six, 18 and 14. Pelicans 18 and 14. Lakers 17 and 15. Just hanging on. At eighth spot, Suns are 16 and 15 and ninth, and the Rockets are 15 and 15 at 10th. I will say that the right now the West does not have a team that's in the playoff conversation with a losing record. They all have winning records. The East has two teams right now with losing records that would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. So um, I will continue to watch some more of the NBA, get some more eyes on these teams and kind of see what what I can see. I will say that the Sixers are much better without James Harden. I think we talked about this a few podcasts ago. Um, that was kind of addition by subtraction by letting him go. Um, I think they've gotten better and they've kind of gotten that turmoil outside of their team. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean all that talk just about uh, James Harden, I mean, he, he kind of, he's not really the best on defense, um, so that's kind of a good thing that 76ers let him go, and plus they have Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, that can fill in the void yeah, for yeah. that scoring, so, I mean, even if, I mean, even though they let James Harden go, they, they still got Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris to fill in that void, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I really don't think that hurt them much. I will say uh, my second favorite team to root for, the Magic. Uh, I'm glad to see that they're doing well this year. I hope they keep it up and maintain it. Franz Wagner and Paolo Vaccaro have uh, really looked good. 
They beat the Knicks last night. Franz had 32, but Carroll had 29. So uh, both had uh, rebounds and assists and played good defense. Magic are playing really good defense right now. Go ahead. I think that Franz Wagner and Paolo Bencaro, uh if they stay at the Magic, I think the Orlando Magic will make the playoffs and might make a run. I think the, so. To the final, because these, because both of them are really young and they're a great duo. Mm-hmm. At the least, they're fun to watch. I love watching both of them handle the ball really well. Both of them have really good, really high basketball IQ. Both of them pass the ball really well, and both of them shoot well. Franz is a little bit better shooter than Paolo, but you can tell Ben Carroll has been working on his shot and getting better. But yeah, they're definitely a fun duo to watch. Both of them make great passes. Both of them work both ends of the floor. Um, they're hard workers, and they're just fun to watch and exciting to watch. For sure. The Bucks with Damian Lillard have been kind of fun to watch. Um, my Lakers are... <laughs> They're in there, man. They're hanging on. They're hanging on. Uh, we'll see. I think I really think they need to to end the D'Angelo Russell experiment. Yeah. I like some of the other moves they made in the offseason, bolstering their defense. But I, I really think they need to to. I like the Prince, Tyreen Prince is, was a good pickup for them. Um, so far, Reddish has played well. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt coming back. Uh, Hachimura coming back. Uh, you know, they, they have good players. They, I just think D'Angelo still doesn't fit. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a great shooter, but, I mean, his defense isn't that good. I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think he fits mm-hmm. in L.A.'s scheme. Uh, so I think they should trade him. For someone who does fit in their scheme, and uh, I mean, he's a great shooter, but he just doesn't play that good on defense, and he's just not fitting with their scheme. So they just need to find a better point guard uh, to that can fit with their scheme, play better defense, and maybe shoot a little better than uh, D'Angelo Russell. Hmm. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? No. All right, that'll do it for our show today. We had a lot to unpack. We'll unpack some more in the next episode. Uh, I really need to get... We've, we've been watching some college basketball here lately, so I think that our next episode will cover some uh, NCAA college basketball and just kind of where we see the teams and, and kind of who our top teams are as of right now. I think, you know, we're not quite halfway through, but getting there. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Please, please subscribe uh, and follow us. We thank you. We welcome all comments. Um, We thank you guys for continuing to come back and watch our show on YouTube or listen to it on our podcast. Uh, Thank you and have a good night.